0: Good morning from Northeast by Midwest. This is Jonathan Jones. Happy Monday. Do you have a case of the Mondays or do you have a case of the Mondays? Kind of seems to go one way or the other, doesn't it? (laughs) Well, on this particular Monday, I'd like to talk about making it all about ourselves. Well, let's see. What are we going to entitle this? This is kind of a tough one, but I think... To use the biblical phrase, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Or you might hear the cultural norm, you do you. Or, hey, as long as it's not bothering me, you do what you want to do. And you know, these things sound harmless, don't they? I mean, if I do me and you do you, hey, there shouldn't be any problem. We'll be good. There's no, you know, interfacing, there's no issues, there's going to be no problems. Sure, right? Everything will be fine. Well, not so fast, my friends. You know, it sounds great, but for, the, for those of us who are Christians, and in general, it just doesn't work that way, right? Um, because we're humans, and because we're flawed, things don't always go the way we expect them to go. And the reality is, we're going to step on somebody's toes, You know, someone once said the problem with opinions is everybody has one. (laughs) And the reality is, we're, you know, it's hard enough to get everybody in our own family to get on the same page, let alone a bunch of people we don't know, right? Or that don't like us, or we don't like them, or we don't get along. And so, what I want to talk about today really is in the realm of Christian ethics and how we are to live our lives. And so the phrase, everyone did what was right in their own eyes, is from the book of Judges. Uh, You may be familiar with it. You may not. Judges uh, sits in the Old Testament, really in stark contrast to the book of Joshua, uh, because it's right after it. And ultimately, the nation of Israel had now lost their leader, Joshua. And they had pretty much won after all the other gods of the nations. And so what we see happening time and time again in the book of Judges is everybody does what's right in their own eyes. Kind of, sort of what we hear today in our culture. You do you, you know, whatever makes you happy, do it. Um, You know, we we even see this in some of our slogans, you know, have it your way, just do it. And the list goes on. You know, the reality is we, we live in a culture that's very, very much about me. I call it the theology of meism, or ultimately it's humanism, which is doing what pleases me, even if it hurts you. And so, as a Christian, we have a completely different kingdom that we work for an upside down kingdom, and a completely different way of thinking that is really exactly the opposite of that. And so, in the Old Testament, the story simply goes like this in the book of Judges. Each person in the nation did what was right in their own eyes, and the nation just kept spiraling out of control. And God would allow these other nations to come in, and they would subject Israel, um, you know, through war and different things. And they would Israel would become their their subjects and their slaves. And then finally, God would allow and would send a, a redeemer of sorts. You um, you know, you may be familiar with a few like Samson and Deborah and Ehud and Gideon, um, and the list goes on. And they would save Israel for a time. They would sort of be a picture of Christ. And they would get themselves right for 40 years, for 50 years, for 60 years. And then they would kind of go back to this, this same you know, theology or this same belief system where oh, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And it won't affect anybody else. And eventually, that's the problem with sin because sin is prideful and sin is wicked and sin is about us, that no matter how we couch it, And no matter how much we try to control it, we can't control sin. You know, I I always say to our church and myself and our, you know, my family that sin will always take you further than you want to go and it leaves you with consequences you can never imagine. Exhibit A, Adam and Eve. I'm sure they never considered the fact or even thought in their worst moment that taking a bite of a piece of fruit would not only kill them physically eventually, but would lead to their oldest son killing their middle son. I mean, I, I, I bet they couldn't even have fathomed that, of course, because it had never happened before. But sin doesn't take long. It took one generation for murder to happen, for lying to happen. And then it didn't take long after that to see Noah and the flood, and the list goes on. And so friends, the reality is, we don't have to look far around us to see our culture everyone doing what's right in their own eyes and we could look at this in in a variety of different angles right we could look at this individually we could look at this politically we could look at this religiously we we could see it in you know in in the sports world you know where you know usually the teams that win are teams that play as teams and the teams that don't are the teams that play as individuals and that's why you know usually it's always true the best team wins Not always the best individuals. And so, you know, uh, every once in a while there might be an anomaly, but the reality is if everyone does what's right in their own eyes, they're going to please themselves. And the reality is when we please ourselves, we are going to not do what's best for the other person. I'm going to do what's best for me. You're going to do what's best for you. And eventually we're going to go in other directions and there's going to be a collision. There just is. It's, 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 it's simple physics, let alone as well as theology and practice. So what is the Christian ethic then? You know, if if the world's ethic and, and if the teaching of the world is do what's right in your own eyes, you do you, I'll do me, and if you're not hurting me, that's fine, then what is the Christian ethic? Like, how are we supposed to live? How are we supposed to handle our situations? Well, the Bible gives us a completely different perspective on this. The Bible says that each one is to is to make others more important than ourselves. In the book of Philippians, the Bible will say, let everyone consider others more important than themselves. And then it will give us the example of Christ, and it will say, you know, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but became the form of a servant and died on the cross. And it was obedient to death on the cross. And because of that, he was highly exalted and has a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to glory of God the Father. Now, if you're listening to this and, and, and you don't happen you know, to, to be a Christian or maybe, maybe you grew up in a Christian home, um, you know, maybe you're an atheist, maybe you're an agnostic, uh, maybe you're just a meh, you, know, you don't care. And so you're saying, well, Well, that's just crazy. Why would I even care about that? That sounds stupid. Well, in the sense of logic, yeah, it probably does, right? It makes more sense for me to go do what I want to do. Why would I care what you want to do? Now, what I'm not talking about here is control. There are uh, biblical principles and things that we are to do and things that we are not to do, things that are sinful because we do them or because we don't do them. I'm not so much talking about that here. I'm talking about how we regulate ourselves and how we are to live in relationship to other people and so it can be sin but the reality is as a Christian my job my calling is actually to live in a way that makes other people around me more important than me and what's really hard about that and I'm admitting it so kind of like an AA meeting hello my name is Jonathan Jones and I have a problem making myself more important than you and that's really true I I think that's the greatest struggle. I think that's why Paul in Romans 7 will say, the things I don't want to do, I do. The things I want to do, I don't do. Ugh, wretched man that I am. Who can save me from this body of death, right? And so the Christian ethic ultimately gets to the heart of my default setting is to do what's right in my own eyes and to not care what you think. But as a Christian now, as a saint, as one who is saved, as one who is hidden with Christ in God in Jesus Christ, who the blood covers and who I am now called to a different life, my goal now is to live in a way that makes others more important than myself. Now, Obviously, I don't think the Bible is asking us to do ridiculous things where, you know, I go home and let my family starve and give all my money to, you know, uh, uh, some other family and not pay my bills and be responsible. Well, obviously, that's, that's not what the Bible is saying. Jesus himself didn't do that. You know, he ate and slept, but he did give whatever he had to help those around him. He was not about himself. He was about others. You know, I'm, we're preaching to the book of Hebrews here in our church. And and right now we're looking at the fact that Jesus was was made obedient through suffering and made perfect and not in the sense of made perfect like you and I are. But it was a reminder that he is perfect because he did not give in to any of the whims, the, the, the sinful passions or desires that we have and the world offers us. He, he completely was victorious over that. That's really the idea here, that ultimately, you know, we're, we're doing what's best for other people around us. Instead of asking, you know, hey, I'm going to do what's right in my eyes. Instead, flipping that question around and saying, okay, by doing this, is this going to honor God? So I'll give you uh, you know, an, an example that is a hot topic in Christendom and just one to think about, and that is alcohol. Is it okay to drink alcohol? Is it okay to have beer? Is it okay to have wine? Well, the answer is yes. The Bible never once forbids us saying that drinking is a sin. Now, the Bible will say that drinking alcohol um, give wine to a mocker and beer to a brawler. And the idea is that alcohol is... And it will say to those that are perishing and so those that are sort of downtrodden and, and struggling because it probably gives them a little bit of a coping mechanism. We see people in the Bible drink alcohol, including the Lord Jesus himself drinking wine, you know. But what we don't see the Bible ever saying is okay is getting drunk. The Bible says do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit, right? And so the idea is control. And it's really the same idea here in in, in this Christian ethic in the Bible that Instead of doing what's right in my own eyes, controlling myself in the sense of what pleases me, I am to do what's right in God's eyes and please him and care for others more importantly. So then what do I do with alcohol? Well, don't be drunk. And so if you feel like you can drink alcohol and not get drunk, then that's between you and the Lord. But there are a couple of caveats with that. The Bible says that we should not cause someone to sin, right? And so if I know that I have a very dear friend of mine who knowing that maybe he has a bunch of alcoholics in his family, or she does, and knowing that that her friend Jonathan Jones is drinking would cause them to stumble or struggle in their faith, then I have to ask a very serious question. I have a right to go drink that alcohol, but I probably need to forego that right to honor my brother or sister in Christ and not make them stumble. And again, I'm just offering something to get us thinking. There's a lot more discussion on this, but the idea is in a very simplistic way, the reality is, do I fulfill my desire to drink alcohol or my desire for my friendship and put that first? And the Bible says that that's what Jesus did, not in the sense of alcohol, but in the sense of his own life. You know, the, the very night we just celebrated in Gethsemane, he said, Father, if there's any other way, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And so I, I think the reality is a question that Christians that we need to ask ourselves is this. Just because we can doesn't mean we should. Now, it doesn't necessarily automatically mean we shouldn't. But our culture says, because I can, I will. And so as Christians, we live for an upside-down kingdom. We are here for the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of men. And so I want to just encourage you you today, if you are a Christian, to consider some of this Christian ethic. Are you making others more important than yourself? If you're a husband, you're to make your wife more important than yourself. You're to love her as Christ loved the church. If you're a wife that's a Christian, you are to to respect and, and submit to your husband as unto the Lord doesn't mean that you don't have an opinion. doesn't mean you're not part of it. Of course, it's a team thing, but we all have roles, right? You know, as, as a citizen, I'm supposed to be submissive to the government that's over me. Um, you know, at, at work, we all have people that are over us and, and the Bible says that, that we are supposed to, you know, live in submission to them. We're supposed to live in su- to submission to God. And so the reality is, as we think about these things, instead of it being about me, which is what the culture says, look, you do you, you know, if it feels good, do it. The Bible says, look, no, as a Christian, we're called to something different. And so I need to ask the question, how is this going to glorify God? And how is this going to be for the benefit of another person? And it's amazing in my own life when I stop to ask those questions, how many times, even now, I'll do things that are right in my own eyes. And then afterwards, I'll think to myself, you know, that was really more about me than it was about honoring God or doing what's best for another person. And so the the verse in Philippians brings loud and clear when it says, consider others more important than yourselves. And so friends, I hope and pray that we consider that today, that you consider others more important than yourselves. And, you know, if if you want to go a little bit deeper on this subject, please reach out to me sometime. Maybe we'll do something a little deeper on the whole alcohol thing. But as an example, may we ask the question, how is this going to glorify God? And how is it going to build up my brother or my sister in Christ? For Northeast by Midwest, I am Jonathan Jones. I pray today that I would consider others more important than myself, as Jesus considered me more important than himself, and you would do the same. Have a blessed day.